ओम वक्रतुंड महाकाय सूर्यकोटिप्रभ निर्विघ्न कुर मे देव सर्वकारेशु सर्वदा ओम भगवते श्री स्वामीनारायणाय नम ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते रुद्राय ओम नम शिवाय सर्वंगलमंगल्ये शिवे सर्वाधिके शरण्यंबके गौरीनारायणी नमोस्तुते ओम नमो हनुमते भयभंजनाय सुखम कुरु फट स्वाहा श्री गुरुस्त्रोत्र अखंडमंगलाकारम व्याप्त येन चराचर तत्पम दर्शित मेन तस्म श्रीगुरव नम अग्नतिरांद ज्ञानाजनशलाकया चक्षुर मिलित मेन तस्म श्रीगुरव नम गुर्ब्रह्मा गुर्विष्णु गुरुर्देव महेश्वर गुरुरव परम ब्रह्म तस्म श्रीगुरव नम स्थावर जंगमं व्याप्त यचराचर तत्पम दर्शित मेन तस्म श्रीगुरव नम श्रीगुरभ्यो नम श्री सद्गुभ्यो नम ओम वेलकम टू डेली सत्संग दिस इज सचिन खाणिक वी आर कंटिन्यूइंग आर एक्सप्लोरेशन ऑफ द वर्ड ब्रह्म विच as we have stated means the absolute the unchanging immutable reality where the vedantic teachers seers masters rishis they stated that our real self is that brahman is akshara is immutable imperishable atma the soul divine spark whatever it is in its in its reality as i mentioned yesterday the vedanta teachers were those who discovered this reality by examining the nature of the waking state dream state deep sleep state so these states we are going through but who is going through these states well we are going through so then to discover who i am the subject the only thing we have to um uh really utilize the only the purview we have for utilizing uh is our body and our mind so to utilize the body and the mind in such a way that it begins to resonate with the atma so in vachanamrut swami sajanand he has explained this as jeev and manni mitratanu in gujarati language which means that the jiva and the mind are friends so because because they are friends they are intimately connected together so the intimacy of the mind and the atma is shown there because the mind is another part of the atma only it's it's a it is a fragment of the atma it is a ray of the atma uh it is a beam of consciousness um that is coming from the atma so it is very interesting that in vachanamrutam garudam madhya number 23 uh maharaj explained there that the mind is like a ray of the atma it, it is a, he said in gujarati language ek ek kiran che man ek atma nu kiran che kiran it's a, it's an analogy that is used it's not exactly like that but he's using that those words to give some ideas to what it's like the actuality of it is a, is experiential so to realize what is the atma that realization itself brings about the realization what is mind but mind tries to grasp what is atma it is difficult in that sense what all mind can do is to keep itself undisturbed and out of the way 
so the atma can manifest itself of course the powers of the thought emotion memory these things are always with us but the fact of the matter is that those who are in that consciousness of living a very energetic highly evolving dynamic uh, life it's a dynamism that is from the atma itself so whatever the atma is those individuals who are living in that state are called the sadgurus you know so they are gurus they're manifesting that realization of the akshara brahma of the atma in such a way that it is for the upliftment of the world so they live for that purpose and this is where the guru stotram actually comes into play you know so the very first verse which we looked at quite a while back that was akhanda mangala akhanda mandalakaram akhanda mandalakaram vyaptamena characharam see salutations are to are to that guru who showed me the abode the one who is to be known whose form is the entire universe and who pervades the movable and the immovables who is present in everything you know vyaptam vyaptam means vyapak means that it is present within that is what that word vyaptam means vyaptam yena characharam present within so just like an electricity is present within the light bulb but light bulb is different from electricity similarly the brahma tattva is present and it is the enlivening element the enlivening reality that gives us life so that is so the atma the jivatma is experiencing it is chaitanya so the word chaitanya means alive chaitanya shashvatam shantam so see it's over here in verse number 7 chaitanya shashvatam shantah vyomatito niranjanah so chaitanya the word chaitanya means that one who is very alive one who is very aware one who is dynamically living it's a dynamic reality chaitanya doesn't mean a static fixed reality in that sense it it is a it is consciousness that is living it is a living consciousness so that living reality that living soul that life force that we are again these words are not all uh, adequate but they are described by the rishis as chaitanya and then of course that chaitanya is what it is shashvatam it is eternally existing that is the most extraordinary thing that it is changeless shashvat means it is eternally existing always shantam means that it is peaceful and vyomati to vyomati vyomati tah which means what beyond the cosmic space beyond the cosmos vyom means cosmos niranjanah means totally pure see how beautiful the purity so these are ways of describing what is that atma the atma is what we are actually are we are already that it is not that you are not that that you will achieve that that's not the case that is who you are you are already this chaitanya shashvatam shantam vyomati tandiranjan you are you are that you are the brahma tattva you are the vast being you are the that 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 being that is infinitely present but somehow for whatever reason we are it is manifesting as this in this form in this body in this way 
to, so to recognize the manifestation in the body, in the mind, in this way, that this Atma is, is manifesting this way, then that recognition itself is freedom to move in the world of Prakriti without entanglement. Yes, we have a body. Body is, is, a, is part of who we are. It is not completely that we are not the body. We are, we are part of the body. Body is part of who we are. But the Atma Tattva is separate from the body completely. In the Anvay Swarup, we feel we are the body. We feel pain, suffering, everything. But in the Vitirek Swarup, we are totally different from that. So to experience or to be in a state of what is called Atmasatta. Atmasatta meaning that one who is continuously aware of that difference. That is where pure undisturbed joy begins to flower and flow inside the mind, within the body, within the mind, within the world. Because there, that access point has been opened up for the floodgates to open, the floodgates of Ananda. They open. In uh, Swamini Vato, Gunatitanan Swami, he said that the bliss of the Atma is continuous. Akhand, Atmanusuk, Akhandache in Gujarati. That means that once you realize that there is this great Atma through saintliness, sadhuta, through a great sense of stability, harmony, peace, oneness, great love and affection for God, great worship of God, when, when those feelings are cultivated, those emotions become divine. Emotion transmutes into divine emotion. Transmutes into divine emotion. Thought transmutes into div divine thought. So the five things we talked about, thought, emotion, memory, desire, energy, they all take a dimensional jump into divinity. Thoughts become divine thoughts. Our emotions become divine emotions. Our memories, we do not get entangled in them. We have a new outlook and we gain gnan from them. And we do not identify with the mixture of the memories and hence that becomes, that bec the, the, the memory structure itself becomes a great guru. And then the accumulation of memories does continue, but it continues without the accumulation of the karmic effect. So that is called, um, uh, technically, uh, that would be called, um, uh, let's see, what is the technical term for that? So... It is kind of what Patanjali said, the yoga is chitta vritti nirodha. So chitta vritti nirodha, you're in that state of nirodha. In that, the chitta vritti is not getting stuck inside memories. It, memories are there, but, they, but one is not, not getting stuck inside of them. Hence, the memories actually then are accumulated with divinity as much as satsang knowledge is possible. So the mind begins to access more and more of that brahmavidya. That Brahma Vidya, meaning the, the spiritual truths, the mind is uh, soaking inside the, those spiritual truths. When a person begins to soak into, into spiritual truths, then those truths begin to soak into that individual. And that's where the memory comes into, into play. So there are some technical uh, words around that. I don't remember them right now. But that I think maybe one of them, one of them is called Gnanaunsh. Or there are some particular words in the Vedanta that I have to look up. Uh, that really talk about this soaking of this memory within the jiva, you know, so that you are uh, uh, able to contemplate continuously on the divine truths. Um, so, so that is a mananam. Actually, that that is what it is. It is shravan manan nidita sakshatkar. So the mananam, what is called mananam, means repetition again and again of these ideas, 
that leads to the sakshatkar eventually, that leads to the realization. So that is through memory. So through memory, that what is called paroksh, this, and I'm not, now I remember it now, paroksh knowledge, second-hand information, becomes what is called a paroksh anubhuti. That is a scripture by Shankaracharya. And this idea of pratyaksha or paroksh is also in Swaminarayan Sampradaya extensively. Because what, what we are looking for is a paroksh anubhuti. Aparokshanubhuti means we don't want to be stuck in second-hand information. We want to be directly in touch with that reality. You know, it's the difference between the picture of a rose and an actual rose. If I see a picture of a rose on my computer screen, I can say that is beautiful. But I cannot touch it. I cannot smell it. I cannot, cannot feel it. It's not three-dimensional. It's a two-dimensional picture. It's an image. That is called paroksha. That is something in the past. There is a rose somewhere and a picture has been taken of it. But I'm not in touch with the actual rose. That is only an image or a picture. So we can think about scriptures in many ways as those images and pictures. That's what they are. But at the same time, the fact of the matter is that these images, these pictures, etc., they are not the reality. They are indicators of the reality. They are pointers to the reality. So a paroksh anubhuti means that you are in touch with that which is firsthand. It is your own svanubhav, swa anubhav. And it is anubhuti. Anubhuti means realization that this is what it is as it is. That is called aparoksh anubhuti. So, if we, to, to summarize this point, our thinking process becomes divine. Our emotions become divine. Now, what do we mean by that? becoming divine means going beyond the polarities of happiness and distress going beyond or reaching that stage of divine emotion divine emotion is not our human level emotion D divine emotion is even beyond compassion it is it is uh, it is called karuna so the word is karuna karuna sindhu ocean of compassion for all it is not, we use compassion in a limited way towards certain people, certain circumstances. Those who are in the in this consciousness of the Atma, of the Brahma Tattva, they are having naturally divine compassion for all because they can see those rishis, those sages, those gurus, those sadgurus can see the tremendous bondage in the sansar and how every being is bound. That is why they are so beyond the limitations of the limited beings. They can see clearly what the bondages are. And they don't get stuck in them. They don't get stuck, but they have tremendous compassion for those who are trapped within the, the ignorance of the mind. Unfortunately, the ignorance of the mind is there, but the gurus come about, the teachers come about, the scriptures come about, the mantra, sadhanas, everything comes about, temples, etc. It comes about to bring the mind in resonance with the atma. Because the atma is very, mind is very close to the atma. It's actually coming from there only. Atma is, the, the mind is not something totally different from the atma. I mean, in some sense it is, but in some sense it's not. It just depends on our perspective. If we are entangled and stuck and all that, then we say, oh, atma is something beyond. But if we are not entangled and stuck and, and trapped in, inside ignorance, then the, then the mind is something that is just a ray of the Atma, as per Vachanamrut Garada number 23, and all the Advaita Vedanta scriptures also. So the, our own thought, thinking process, our own mind, emotion, memory, it becomes divine, it becomes gunatit. It reaches the stage beyond Sattva Gun. 
Sattvagun, Rajogun, Tamogun, these are the three gunas of Maya. They are the evolutes of the expressions of Maya. The Atma is beyond those three. The Atma is the witness of those three. The Atma is the consciousness that is abiding beyond, beyond them. So, the manifestation of Gurus is a guide for us, and their touch, their contact, etc., their, their presence is a guide for us to evolve and to awaken into a state where the mind becomes divinized, where the mind, meaning thoughts become divine, emotions, memories become divine, then thought, emotion, memory, desires. Now that's the fourth thing. Our desires become sadvasna. All of the asadvasna dissipates. It disappears because of the light of tremendous knowledge and truth. It totally disappears. It doesn't just partially disappear, it disappears completely. Because even if that is there at the 50-50 level, in Vachanamrut Maharaj has written that that is the, the consider Vasna to be very strong, Balwan. So it's it will dissipate completely the Asad Vasna when there is clear realization from inside out, and that realization is the stopping of running in this material world with towards material objects, not as a raga or dvesha, not even as a control but it is a stopping of running towards them because of the realization that what I'm seeking, the experiences I'm getting from them, those experiences are not continuous pure joy. They're ripples only. They're waves on the ocean. They're little ripples, you know, that we, uh, on the pond. But we want the pond. You know, so we are that pond. So that realization that the as Intense the experiences may be, they get saturated, as I keep mentioning. They get saturated. The saturation effect is realized, so the running towards the vishayas outside stops. But it's not a rejection of the world. It's not a rejection of the experience. The experiences, they are there. There are so many experiences in life. They are there. It is not rejecting them. It is realizing them for what they are and to what extent they are able to provide what type of experience. That all, all of that realization comes about when there is jnana, when there is the divinization of desire, when the desire comes to shuddha mumukshatvam, that I want to realize the final truth. I've experienced this world in its multiplicity. After having experienced it over and over and over and over again, in so many ways, year after year, year after year, one sees that it's the same pattern. Maybe there is some expansion, some contraction of the material experience. That's all. But apart from that, there isn't anything really all that new. I mean, there is there is greater truth and um, excuse me, there is greater uh, knowledge that one can gain by study of the material world by experiencing it. But the spiritual vidya, the brahma vidya, that begins to come about when the running after after the material world stops, using what is needed from there to evolve oneself, and the search begins into who am I? What is the Brahmatattva? That is where meditation, dhyan comes into play. That is where meditation, dhyan, reflection, manan, chintan, all of that spiritual uh, activity, what we call spiritual activity, is actually psychological activity and psychophysical uh, activity. That activity be, uh, continues to a much greater extent, day in and day out, day in and day out. And then, and then the mind begins to evolve, the brain begins to evolve, and as it begins to evolve, the realization begins to occur that I am different from the mind and the body. I am eternal. Nainam chindanti shastrani nainam dahati pavaka. The 
no, the, the, the atma cannot be cut. The body might be cut, might, might be destroyed, might be burnt, might be born, whatever. But the atma tattva is never born or destroyed. It cannot be cut or wetted. Nothing can happen to it. It is an eternal, ever-existing reality. So that realization, while we're living in this world, in the material world, we maintain, maintaining that realization is the Guru Tattva active inside of us. Maintaining the realization that my thoughts are divine, my emotions are divine, my memories are divine, my, or my memories will reach that divine state, but they will be infused with a divine contemplation. My desires are for that greater realization. Otherwise, we have an endless number of desires. There's no end to them. So those desires keep binding the individual, but rather than binding, we actually bind desire. Rather than us binding, getting bound by desire, we bind desire in, and bind it or bind it by satsang. It's like wrapping desire by satsang. You know, so we say we are bound by desire, but we can bind desire. We can bind desire when the Guru Tattva comes into play and all of the scriptural ideas, great uh, higher truths begin to evolve within us, then all of our desires are bound by the, those those greater truths and greater ideas and then those those in after the binding of the desire then the desire transforms from within and it becomes sadvasna that is the transition from asadvasna to sadvasna by binding desire rather than getting bound by desire we are binding desire this is a very big difference here and when, and when we deliberately bind desire <clears throat> that is mastery that is that takes us further takes our energies further into contemplation, into the connection with Paramatma through Upasana. And then as we go further in devotional practice, etc., what happens there? Then at some point, there are, are these flashes of understanding, realization, and eventually the Atma reveals itself that this is me, but this is not me. I am this divinity. That great divinity that I am, I have realized, as opposed to the small, limited, uh, tormented, foolish being that I think I am. There is a big difference. You know, so the mind that is in ignorance, now it is resonating with the Atma, and the mind is infused with that knowledge continuously, again and again, again and again. It's infused with that realization. And then the function and the activity of such a person is for the benefit of the entire sansara, sarva bhuta hite rataha. It is benefit for the whole world. It, 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 there is no self-interested motive left at all. That is a Sadguru. That is a higher level being. That is a Brahma Swarup saint. That is a saint who is in that Brahmic consciousness. Does not have any self-interested motive. You know, other than the functional aspects of taking care of the body and living in a particular place and, and whatnot. The, the, the such individuals are not interested in building big mansions and big homes and, and do, doing all these things, material things. No, they, they are so flooded with divine joy from within. They are, they, are, they are lost inside their own consciousness, inside the consciousness of the divine. This is the state of realization that the whole Guru Stotram that we have been looking at, and we have been looking at it, but this is the essence of the Guru Stotram. There's quite a bit of metaphysics in that, which I have not got to yet, but... <coughs> but uh, the fact of the matter is that we can live a life, starting right now, of high energy, realizing the nature of pleasure and pain, 
we're going to wind up experiencing pleasure and pain. But that doesn't mean that we start running after pleasure and uh, and, 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 and simply discarding pain. No, even pain has a purpose. It's a teacher. Pleasure also teaches us. Both of these things teach us. You know, so... So when we say that, when we say Agnana Timirandasya, Agnana Anjana Shalakaya, Chakshurum Mirita Tasmai Shri Guru Venama, Agnana means what my ignorance is now dissolved into the Brahmic consciousness. The Brahmic consciousness is that where tremendous energy has awakened dynamically so that there is the possibility of divine contemplation. Thought becomes divine, emotions become divine, memories become divine. Energy becomes design, divine. Desires become divine. When d- desire takes a dimensional jump wrap, wrapped around by the glories of the gurus and the satsanga, then desire becomes sadvasna and it transmutes into divinity. So desire itself becomes a doorway into the brahmatattva. That is a fact. Because without desire, you cannot reach that thing. So when we, when we consider this word here, this the second verse, it means that the ignorance that is covering us, covering our, our vision, totally dissipates. It dissipates so beautifully that, that the inner eyes open, the divine eyes open, and from that, a phenomenal amount of awakening, truth, consciousness, bliss, these things begin to just erupt like a volcano. Just as a volcano erupts, and then tremendous lava comes out like energy, is it raw lava? Similarly, from within us, there is the eruption of consciousness. The consciousness breaks out, and it breaks out into, into the flood of joy. And that cannot be contained. That is the, 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 if you see the lives of the great sages, just their faces, they are living in that extraordinary bliss that is not Vishayananda, that is Brahmananda. That is Divyananda, Nityananda, Akhandananda, Brahmananda. Govindananda, Paramananda. It is that divinity that is the possibility for every human being. All right, so we'll stop this here. We'll continue tomorrow.